I speak English. It's a phrase you wouldn't expect to hear very much in an Arabic-speaking former French colony. But it is a trend among the young people of Tunisia that's unlikely to go away. I'd like to invite you on a journey with me as we seek out individuals from the startup, social innovation, and artistic communities of Tunisia who are actively engaging in English on a daily basis. Our quest is simple. We'll discover how English has impacted these individuals' lives and gain their perspective on the influence that English will have on the future of Tunisia. I live in Tunisia and I speak English. 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 Multiply Tunisia's goal is to capture the entrepreneurial spirit of Tunisia by highlighting the influencers in its startup, social innovation, and artistic communities. We're also interested in tracking the growing impact of English on these sectors and the effects that this will have on Tunisian culture. The startup scene in Tunisia is full of committed and talented individuals focused on making a positive impact in their country. With his help in creating L-Space, Tunisia's first social innovation hub, Adnan Ben Hajjahia positioned himself in the very center of that startup community. I welcomed him to the station to hear his thoughts on how social enterprise will affect Tunisia and the role that English will play as it continues to emerge. Welcome, man. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for having me. So, dude, just uh, introduce Nino to us. Introduce Adnan ben Hajjahia to us and uh, just hear about you in your own words. Sure, yeah. Thanks. Um, so, my name is Adnan ben Hajjahia and people call me Nino. Um, I'm a young person from Tunisia, I guess. And uh, I, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I'm an activist. I'm a nature lover. Uh, so, and by these, I mean, I started a couple of companies, some of them are social enterprises, and my main focus is uh, about social entrepreneurship and collaboration for impact. Um, and I started a couple of nonprofits in the environmental uh, sector uh, and, um, and food sovereignty fields. Um, and um, yeah, so I studied business administration, um, you know, marketing, uh, international relations, and IT. Uh, so I kind of wanted to have I'm very curious and I wanted to have uh, broader uh, knowledge about many things and, um, and I had the chance to study at Tunis Business School which is the first uh, and only public uh, university in Tunisia um, that is teaching business in English. So of all of those things that you mentioned, which is the thing that really, that you feel kind of defines you, the activity that you really engage in the most that you wake up and are excited to be a part of? Sure, yeah, of course, it's going to be L-Space. L-Space is the first social innovation hub in Tunisia. Um, so we have, we've got co-working spaces, we've got uh, fab labs, you know, fabrication laboratories with 3D printers, laser cutters and all. Uh, and we've got event um, rooms and, uh, and uh, we do trainings uh, for Tunisian youth. Uh, and we, do, we have incubation programs for social businesses and uh, social uh, entrepreneurs. Um, so yeah, I wake up every day basically and go to L-Space meet the vibrant vibe, 
and, uh, and you know, just surf it. So you guys claimed that you were the first social innovation hub in Tunisia. When, when did, was, did you start that exactly? So we started um, making the building in 2013 uh, and applying for the uh, nonprofit uh, status. Um, and then only two years after, in 2015, where we got the official uh, agreement from the Prime Ministry to start Elspace as a nonprofit, because uh, it was like there was a, a lot of things, a crackdown on civil society, and there was um, terrorism, you know, rumors, and the situation was not very um, happy, let's say. Uh, so we navigated those problems, and in 2015, we did our first event. So since 2015, when you, Elspace officially started as the first social innovation hub, have you seen an increase then in awareness of social innovation, what it actually is, and what its impact is in Tunisia? Have you seen a lot of increase in that? Yeah, for sure. And uh, we're very happy to be contributing to that. Uh, so after Elspace, there's been uh, other nonprofits working on social entrepreneurship. Um, such as LEBES or the Tunisian Center for Social Entrepreneurship. Um, and then a couple of years later, it's only um, until 2019 where um, LEBES, uh, who, who are also our friends, transformed from a center for nonprofits to a social innovation accelerator. And they're basically accelerating social innovators uh, and social innovation initiatives. Uh, and we collaborate with them, uh, you know as friends and also Tunisia is very small so everybody knows everybody and it's better to collaborate with everybody than just to be like you know <laughs> competitors or, or anything like that. Absolutely. So uh, I would like to say uh, thank you right now for being able to speak English. Uh, we're doing this interview in English right now. Uh, until this point in your life how much of a factor has English been on your life and what part has it played in bringing you to this point right now? Sure, yeah. So I, um, my first class uh, of English was um, sixth grade, basically the last grade of elementary school. Um, and then uh, for some reason, it, like, I found myself like, more fluent in it uh, and more interested in you know, watching movies, cartoons, or uh, TV series uh, in English. And then that followed through high school. Like, I always um, had like, good grades in English. Uh, but not that good grades in math. Um, and then um, in university, there the, the Tunis Business School was a new establishment, and um, I was happy to be selected among the first generation uh, to join. And that also helped me get more opportunities uh, to go, for example, uh, do an exchange program in Indiana University at the Kelly School of Business, uh, and then after all, and after that, to uh, Georgetown University in DC, and doing also the fellow, the Atlas Core Fellowship um, in DC as well. Um, so yeah, so English has been um, uh, how to say um, not a turning point, but also a skill that helped me, you know, propel and expand my potential. Um, and also, of course, starting like my companies and Elspace and the other nonprofits. Um, knowing the best practices and being able to read and analyze reports and uh, and get those that like you know Western best practices and also uh, Western fail stories helped me a lot 
to know like to, and to uh, contribute and to build the things I, I've built here. Wait a minute, you just said Western fail stories? Yeah. So where we in the West have failed, you read them and say, okay, I'm not going to make that mistake. Of course. <laughs> and these stories, you can find them, like for example, like there, there's been like, you know, after the fall of the Soviet Union, this is just a quick example, um, and the, there was a huge wave of privatization of companies, a huge wave of, you know, the new democracies and, and, and stuff like that. A lot of things failed, and it's only documented in English. If you're a French speaker, you've probably never heard of these. Or like if you if you don't if you don't read on these things. Or but also I'm very interested in business, um, and um, you know, the international relations. So uh, so yeah, that like English helped me a lot uh, to learn these things and also to see uh, and identify like how Tunisia as a government as a as a country is going towards and seeing or anticipating where the problem might happen and where it's gonna be uh, social issues uh, might be ex um, um, like more, how to say, pressing. Uh, and that's how like uh, this information helped me fit into L-Space programs and design good programs and very sustainable in, in terms of impact, in terms of time. So basically, you've just looked at the past um, and basically interpreting the past as a way to try to navigate as you walk forward, forward in the future. And English has been, how do you say, the conduit to allow that to happen, to access both the past and as a way to, to talk and think about and express the, the potential of the future, huh? Yep, yep, perfectly. Uh, and also, there's like the same thing, I did with the same thing, like by being able to, um, I'm a native Arabic speaker and also I'm an excellent uh, French speaker. So uh, doing that, like learning from other cultures, learning from my own culture in the MENA region, uh, helped me a lot, like, you know, learning from the past and seeing where the future is going and trying to contribute in impacting positively uh, people's lives and the environment. Um, as much as I can. So if you were to take that idea and we talk about the future uh, a little bit, um, I view you in my limited time here, both in Tunisia and just being able to hang out with you, I view you kind of as at the leading edge of when English really began to impact you and really like young Tunisians really began diving into English. I see you kind of as the, the front runner for that. Um, and I hear that simply because of Tunisians that I've spoken to who are younger than you um, are really diving into English. It feels like they're just completely submerged into it right now. What do you think is the future of English here in Tunisia and the impact that would have both on social, maybe business, or overall culture of Tunisia? Um, it's easy. There's, with English, there's more opportunities and there's more connection to a global, um, global networks and global scale. Uh, so, like, for example, my generation, we had, like, you know, as teenagers, we did not have Facebook or anything, so we had magazines and we had, like, you know, basic TV stations, and there's, like, 90% were French or Arabic and only 10% in English. Now, 90% is in English and 10% is in Arabic or, or French. And also with the internet, like this generation, this coming generation of young people uh, who are like, you know, five, ten years younger than me, who are graduating high school and starting their first jobs or first companies, um, they they see English as uh, like a necessary, like like a must. You know, you must have 
English skills, like and communication skills, to be like you know to to live basically. It's a it's a very competitive environment internationally. So the more skills you have, uh, the better. And with English, you can get more skills and more opportunities. So I uh, just want to—you made one comment there, and just want you to unpack it if you can. Um, you said they need English to live. Is that something that you truly believe, or would you say that they need English to expand where they are? How would you say that? Yeah, I would say, like, just living or surviving is not it. That's not the purpose of life. It's like we need we need to ex like always expand, like uh, in like you know grow professionally, grow personally, um, and and also for. When I say these people are like they need English uh, and they they know they need it and they feel they feel they need it, um, it's because they see the inequalities between the like geographic areas we live in as human beings on this planet. Like a twenty-year-old American has like a hundred percent more opportunities than a Tunisian twenty-year-old. So. It's 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 an unequal and unjust world, right? So the uh, for the Tunisian to you know expand and be or like live or uh, increase their standards, um, it's got to be like through English. Like English is just the basic level to achieve anything in this world. Well, thank you, Nino, for expressing yourself and giving us your thoughts on uh, on English and how it's affecting uh, Tunisian culture. I just want to say thank you for coming in and sure, uh, joining us today and uh, look forward to the next time we get to sit down and talk. If you were to just say this, where is Nino going to be in five years from now? <laughs> is that a question? <laughs> That's a real question. <laughs> so Nino is going to be in Tunisia doing I don't know what. I don't know. It's gonna be so. My mandate with L Space is ending like soon, uh, maybe in two years. Um, I don't know what's gonna well, what's gonna happen. So like yeah, for me, I'm just happy being here. Um, got my people. Got my um, like people love me. I love my people. And um, and for me, it, it's just not a matter of you know, not a matter of like the pursuit of uh, money at 100% or pursuit of happiness at 100%. It's like a balance of both. So yeah, so you're gonna see me in Tunisia, but like, I don't know what, what I'm gonna be doing. Cool. <laughs> well, thanks Neil for coming in, really appreciate it. Thank you. Multiply Tunisia is brought to you by 11 Talents. At 11 Talents, we consult, design, and multiply. Find out more by following us on our Facebook page, our Instagram feed, or by visiting our website at 11talents.com. At 11 Talents, we start with you. We love telling stories on Multiply Tunisia. We also love collaborating with like-minded individuals and organizations to bring these stories to life. Episodes in our I Speak English series were made with contributions from Rawinji Studio. Rawinji Studio works with change makers to catalyze social change in Africa through visual storytelling and social innovation. We encourage you to check them out on the internet. And in case you can't spell Rawinji, just look on our website. We'll make sure that they get tagged and all of the appropriate links will be there.